Smart for Life is a renowned health and wellness company specializing in delicious and nutritionally balanced snacks. Smart for Life's mission is to provide convenient options for health-conscious individuals. Their gourmet protein bars are a testament to the commitment to using high-quality ingredients and cutting-edge research to develop a nutritious and flavorful snack. It is a proven track record of helping people lead healthier lives through their innovative product line, backed by the expertise of their team of nutritionists and food scientists. Whether you're following a specific diet plan or simply seeking a guilt-free treat, Smart for Life Gourmet Protein Bars cater to a wide range of dietary preferences, including vegan and vegetarian options, making them inclusive for a diverse range of consumers. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a busy professional, or a health-conscious individual, these bars fit seamlessly into your lifestyle, providing a convenient and nutritious snack solution. Smart for Life understands the importance of staying active and fit, which is why their gourmet protein bars are formulated to complement and enhance an active lifestyle. Whether you're in engaging in intense workouts or just want a nourishing snack to keep you going through the day, these bars provide the necessary fuel for your active pursuits. Visit smartforlife.com and use promo code EMTL20 to receive 20% off your next order. That's EMTL20. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with Nux Active. Nux Active is high-performance activewear that doesn't compromise in the chic. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse, women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel positive planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. Nux Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. I just ordered the one-by-one bra and leggings in the color Rio. Not only is it gorgeous and bright, it makes me feel sexy and show off my brand new curves. Power through Pilates, strive for the extra rep in Nux Active. Run, don't walk over to NuxActive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways. And as a gift to you, take 20% off your purchase with promo code EMOTIONAL. 20 NUX. That's emotional two zero NUX at checkout. Make positive moves with Nux Active. Welcome to Emotional Support. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's your host. Alessandra Torazani. Ali, welcome to Emotional Support. This is going to be really fun and exciting. And is it Wednesday? I was going to say it's like, it feels like a Wednesday, but it's not a Wednesday. So it's Thursday. God, I'm just all over the place. What can I say? And where are you coming from right now? So I am in our, I'm up at our main office, which is where our biggest lab is. And that's outside of Davis, California. So it's about 50 minutes north of San Francisco. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, Allie, can you please share a little bit about Oobly? I'm so excited to talk about this and get right into it. I am a total, I wouldn't say a sugar fiend, but I am a dessert fiend like crazy. So yes, I am a sugar fiend. (laughs) Um, And what I've noticed is I live with bipolar one disorder and I have to be very, very careful about what I eat and not diet wise, like by any means, but hormonally it has affected me 
post-baby. I have a baby who's now a year old. And thank you so much. And I noticed so much change, not of the, the physically, but I would say hormonally and emotionally and the way my skin breaks out and the way that my hormones affect my, you know, my disorder and my mood swings and sugar I have found has been such a a really tough one for me, like a real, real, real yep. tough one. So can yep. you kind of explain a little bit, how did Oobly start and kind of how is this baby like taken form, if you will? <laughs> well, I have to give the credit to the founders because I'm not a founder in this case, though I've been a founder multiple times in my career. Um, but it it started from a great place that's easy to brag about on their behalf, which was uh, discovering that there were these plant proteins that have evolved in nature along with us. You said earlier, um, I'm not a sugar fiend, but I love dessert. And I laugh as I listen to everybody yeah. describe <laughs> what they are aren't with sugar. And what I will tell you is it's biological necessity that we crave sugar. We were designed wow. to. Everybody is. That's yeah. how we survived as a species earlier, right? That's what motivated us to hunt and gather, right? As we sought out energy sources. What we weren't designed for is what we're trying to solve today, which is having it recklessly abundant in our diet. So the amount in our body is what our body wasn't defined for, but the craving is human nature. So, right. so right. don't apologize, feel good okay, about good. it. I always tell everybody, don't feel bad about it. Actually, you were designed to crave it. And and everything you said, which we'll get into later about hormones is even more that way. So mm. I'll, we'll talk a little bit about this, but the it all started with some researchers who, one of them had... Um, a mother who had breast cancer mm. and lost their ability to taste. And they wow. were scientists working in a bunch of different things. And ischemia is a pretty common um, part of treatments, particularly with chemotherapy. Right. And they happened upon this thing that we now know as sweet proteins. The first one, um, it was then called, it was a miracle berry, but there's about a dozen known sweet proteins in nature where they found these plants had evolved to attract apes and gorillas. It only works on apes, gorillas, and humans with a protein instead of a sugar that acts as a trickster sugar so that when wow. they eat it, it tells the brain, it hits their, what we call our T1 and R1 taste receptors in the mouth. It tells the brain, hey, I just got my hit that I like. Yes. But the moment you swallow it, it's a protein which operates very differently in your body than any sugar or sugar alternative because those are all small molecules and a protein is a macronutrient. Right. So this is- it just operates differently in your body. It doesn't interact with your blood sugar system. It doesn't drive, um, you know, sugar spikes. It doesn't yeah. hit the gut microbiome. It's just different. It's just an entirely different pathway. What we just never knew before this research is that any of these were, that you could do that with a protein right. or, or simply put, proteins could do more than build muscle or right. energy. They could also sweeten. We, right. we didn't know that. That was new news, right? Wow. And then- the last seven years, which is the founders worked really hard for a long time because what they found is these really cool plants mostly grow along the equator. We believe okay. they evolved with human nature and they evolved in precious ecosystems where if that planter berry couldn't attract an ape or a gorilla, they were going to die because right. they needed them to come eat their seeds and spread their seeds, but they couldn't handle the caloric sort of requirements of producing a carbohydrate because it took right. more protein was more efficient because our bodies are really good at proteins, right? So they evolved with this end result, but then we realized, well, we could never grow that because they're from precious ecosystems. The last thing we need is more agriculture from places like that. And they only produce one tiny little protein. So then enters 
fermentation or precision fermentation that we do in our biotech lab. And we say, hey, we can take nature identical proteins and we can actually brew it kind of like beer or wine to make more and do that in a climate friendly way that then gives us a solution that could be used to actually replace sugar. And that's where we came in. Let me tell you how I'm getting my feet summer ready. Soft, sexy, and beautiful. I am using Babyfoot, the original foot peel. It's the number one selling foot peel in America with nearly 30 million sold worldwide. They offer a selection of DIY at-home treatment products that are quick and easy to use. And the foot peel is a professional grade product at a price that makes it affordable to a wide range of consumer. It has won many beauty awards over the years years and the peels are made with 16 natural ingredients. The gentle process leaves skin undamaged while removing this dead skin to reveal the fresh, healthy layer beneath like a baby's foot. Babyfoot qualifies as a clean product. They are also vegan, gluten-free, and cruelty-free. For my listeners, go to www.babyfoot.com and use promo code EMOTIONAL20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L-2. Zero. So I was brought in about two years ago um, as really the CEO from the consumer side to help these great scientists say, how do we make this work for consumers? Right. Um, and we've been in this great collaboration for the last two years and got our first FDA a few months ago. Amazing. Um, launched our first products. And we're just at the very beginning of introducing to the world a better, a sort of a better way to get your sweets, which is a protein way to get your sweets. And okay, now I have so many questions because the way that you explained it was just so perfect for me. (laughs) So what I think is so cool is I'm someone that, so just on a side note, I'm a vegetarian. I've never had any meat before in my entire life. I've never tried chicken. I don't know what it even tastes like because I was so allergic to everything as a baby that my mom and the doctor and everyone said, just pureed fruits and vegetables. She'll eventually like want hamburgers when she's older. And it was something I never craved and it was something I never wanted. And and now I'm, I'm, no. So I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. Um, so it was very hard for me actually to get proteins and to get that. And so I was very big on eating lots of beans, making sure I had spinach, you know? So this is very exciting for me because this is, and on, on another note, I'm allergic to mushrooms. So I can't have a lot of fun stuff that has mushrooms in it. And, you know, the fun mushrooms and, and the food mushrooms as well. And right, so this right. is such a special thing. It's so unique and it's so exciting for me to try this because it's something that I crave and that could be the lack of protein that I have in my body at all times, you know, because my body's had to learn I can't have the same amount of protein that I feel like a quote unquote, normal person would have that wasn't um, just a vegetarian, you know. Now I will say to you one caveat for you specifically. Sure. They're a protein. I always get asked, how are they like a protein? You know, how, how are they like a sugar? I'm like, no, no, they're a trickster sugar, but they are a protein. So yeah. they're just like any other plant protein. But they're 2,000 to 5,000 times sweeter on a weight-weight basis than any sugar. So we use very trace amounts. And the reason what I say is I think of them kind of as our tiny superheroes, this little thing that has this huge impact. We can, on a typical product with just one protein, we can remove about 70% of the sugar without changing the taste. Wow. And so, but, but that would be less than a half a gram of protein. So it's not a source of protein loading. No, but it, it's, but it's, it's keto friendly, right. protein friendly and right. all of that. And I right. always say that is a slight difference because we know a lot about proteins. Consumers know about proteins. 
rightfully so, trust proteins. Half of our bodies are made up of proteins. Our good is our bodies are really good at yeah. digesting protein, and we know a ton of medical history about them. But we're all really new, even the scientists, at knowing that proteins can do something other than build muscle. It can also sweeten. I think that, that's so cool. And I think it's so special because I, you know, now having a baby and now she's starting to eat, you know, the pureed foods and slowly, slowly we're introducing, um, you know, real food, <laughs> but very slowly because I'm afraid of choking. So we're very slow about this, but I'm very careful about what I put in my system because I'm still breastfeeding her. And so I want to make sure that I have the best stuff in my body. And it's not just, you know, fast food crap, basically, you know, because you don't want that, you know, and it truly affects the brain so much. And that's, that's what I noticed. Like I truly noticed this. For sure. So what is some of the hormone stuff that, that you were going to talk about that you said that you wanted? Well, you mentioned out of the gates and obviously I think as women, we always have a different, we have a whole other element to talk about when we talk about how our body interacts with food and nutrition. And I don't come at this as a scientist. So I'm like you, I've come at this as a woman who spent a career focused at the intersection of what I'd say, healthy living solutions and technology, what we can do to do it better. And you just can't deny the role of hormones. Specifically, when you really look at, if you sort of uncover the root around obesity or diabetes and the role of sugar, which is not the sole culprit, but no, a chief absolutely culprit yeah. within that issue, right. right? They're highly correlated to interrupting our metabolic function. Mm-hmm. And our metabolic function, which is, you know, an intricate system is also very affected by our hormones. So you imagine what you're doing is you're just creating, like, if we take the simple idea that we're just overloading our metabolic Um, systems with sugar today, given the amount we eat versus what's ideal on an average consumer, let's just say in the US, but it's true in half the world. Yeah. Um, We're, we're, we're making a system that's really sensitive, struggle to function. And that system is the same one that also has to function with hormones, right? right? So um, there's a lot of colliding influence when it comes Mm -hmm. to it. So I always say it's not unique to women or to hormones, but it's only going to be compounding. Right, right. Oh, I love that. I love that. No, and I think that I'm so happy that you say this because women do have an extra sort of thing that we have to look out for with the hormones. And I think especially uh, what I can only speak for my experience is postpartum. And, you know, I, I know when I went through puberty and I assume menopause, you know, that those are three very important times in, you know, a born female's life where you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I really have to focus on everything because- just wow, the the rise and fall of of foods can really just impact your entire Absolutely. mood. And it's just wild. And, and people don't believe it unless you've experienced it. It's it's truly right. something. So that's what's so wonderful to me, you know, beyond beyond being such a badass that you are, that you're the CEO. I think that that's really cool that you have that that other voice. What is it, Allie, for you that made you want to be so passionate about foods and about health and what we're putting in our body? Because you're saying that years of experience. So I'm assuming this isn't the first company that you work for that that's health-based company. It isn't. The funny thing is I haven't just been food. I've always worked around the whole ecosystem. You know, I'm very involved in mental health. Um, I've been involved in healthcare technology. Um, I, I think that I'm naturally... Um, attracted to right. 
healthy living and how we sort of how we show up is, is my dad used to always say, and all religion aside, he's like, your body's your temple, right? Yeah, Keep your house absolutely. in order, like take care of it, right? It's, you only get one. How do you take care of it? Um, and I, I think that permeates through my choices. I actually started my career at Nike, which you could say is on the soft side of health, yeah. but not, not in health. And I just went through this pathway of everything I did was centered around how do we unlock better ways to manage our health in a world that I would say, particularly a U.S. American culture right now, that's increasingly disintermediating our connection with it, Yeah. right? Yeah. And um, that has been my career focus. But biotech is actually my fifth industry. Wow. Um, I have gone from consumer goods to SaaS and technology yeah. to retail to healthcare tech to biotech. And so I've crossed industries a lot because my common denominator is that I'm really focused on the consumer proposition around healthy living, mm -hmm. unlocking growth, partnering with technologists to do that. Yeah. And that's actually been true all the way around the wheel. But I have a food bias with you. And so I will openly share that. And my personal sort of concern, like, so let me back up for a minute and say what I'm so excited about with Ubli and yeah. sort of how, why this is. In some ways, I would say that everything in my career coming together into one, and I'm so excited. I mean, about it sure that, sounds right? like it because it sounds like your whole career has led you to this moment. So that's very it's exactly exciting. what it feels like, right? Yeah. So obviously, we love our sweets. We're designed to love sweets, and we all have this love hate relationship with it today. It's kind of like as you get older, the more things you find out you shouldn't do anymore, right? So there's this love hate that, in a way, feels like you take your childhood away a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Because you think of sweets, which we tend to associate with sugar, is all wrapped up in celebration and culture and family and everything. So it's an incredibly strong area for sort of consumer brand. But if you look at the arc over the last 20 years, 25 years in particular, it's a scary epidemic in front of us when you look at the growth rates on obesity and diabetes. Oh. And I wake up every day thinking about how can we potentially bend the global health curve? Because as proud as I am that I'm working in biotech and precision fermentation, which is very climate friendly. And I'm really worried about what we do with our planet's body, right? Sure. Same thing. Same thing, yeah. I always say, can we be any good at it when the world's population is increasingly 40% suboptimal health? Mm. We're only as good as we can actually solve these problems. And it goes back to that kind of root sort of principle I always heard from my dad about your body is your temple, right? Yeah. And we need our we need to figure out ways without guilt or punishment because it's a biologically normal craving we all have. We need better solutions for allowing people to have that joy and satisfaction that can be as nourishing for their body as it is sort of nourishing for their soul. And we know sugar is a soul provider. It is. The problem yeah. is, is it, in reckless abundance, it's really dangerous for our bodies. No, so absolutely. that's why I'm doing this. Oh, I absolutely love that. It, you know, it's funny because obviously this is a mental health podcast and it's funny. And then it turned into kind of same sort of thing, right? Everything always leads to something else. And, and, you know, then I got pregnant and then it became a pregnancy mental health podcast. Then I had the baby. Then it was, you know, the postpartum, you know, mental health podcast. And every, there's always growth. But things that have been introduced into the podcast, I would say in the last, this past season is, you know, uh, one of my, my nearest and dearest, he comes on and he, his name is uh, David Haggerty and he hosts with me sometimes and we answer fan questions that they want to know. And he's a neuroscientist. So 
He's the beauty and, and the brain, you know, of the whole operation. Um, and we we did a whole episode that was dedicated on Ozempic and Manjaro and the the huge popularity epidemic, if you will, of diet culture, how it's like bringing, coming back around again, you know, and the debate of, is it, you know, good for the diabetes? Should we be offering this to those with obesity? And since that episode, there was so much, so many questions, so many follow-up questions that, that fans were asking about. And then I had another wonderful company that came on that, that, um, has great, protein type foods, um, not sweets like yours, but, but very good, like powders and stuff. And I just want to share with people because I never realized the statistics and the numbers that are involved with America as a whole. Um, I, I knew that obesity was a, a crisis and that there was diabetes was a crisis that was going around everywhere, but I had no idea how intense it was. And so I want to provide as much information as I can, as many products as I can that can help out that are, you know, let's be honest, accessible price-wise because it's so expensive. Yes. You know, we live in a, 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 a Walmart culture where you go in there and you can, I'll tell you a quick side note. I went into, I'm looking, it's my daughter's birthday party and I and we're doing fun Disneyland themed stuff. And so Walmart is the only one that had these ice cream sandwiches that were Mickey Mouse shaped. And so I never really go into Walmart. There's not one near me. So I was like, oh, I'll go in. And there was a stack. I mean, three stories tall, however tall Walmart is, of giant tubs of cheese balls. And I was like the cheese puff balls. <laughs> Now, I'm sure they're great. Like, I'm sure they're great. But they were the cheapest thing in that entire place. And they were on display. And it was a special. And I saw people just stacking these things up in their carts. And I thought, this can't be, this can't be healthy for you. Like, I just look at that orange. That orange is not a natural color on this environment, on this planet. Like, this cannot be good for you. But it's, you know... And I understand that, you know, there's cravings and we want things and look, I'm guilty of it. I've gone to McDonald's and had the fries. I've done that and I love that. But there has to be a balance. Um, and there so does. there needs to be more voices like yours that are shining light on this and not shaming people for doing this. Not at all. You're being, in fact, wonderful about it, saying we all are craving sugar, so let's just make this like the best possible sugar we possibly can and turn it into a protein so it's at least a little healthy for us in the I, environment. I'm a big believer that sweets are an important part of life. Yes. And I'm the last one that wants to take them away. And I really do believe in the science of our biology, which is designed to crave it. What we need is better ways. Yeah. Better ways, exactly to your point, that long-term can be very accessible yes. and can do it in a way that don't harm the planet on top of it. My particular penchant on this, and you you just did a, such a great job of, of describing it, is, and I'm absolutely imperfect and have my own, you know, I love my black licorice. There are things that I yeah. still love, right. you know, yeah. that I can't really give up, right? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's anything but preaching. It's more of a collective desire to let's, let's, gain the health back that we know makes you feel so good, right? Yeah. You feel so much better healthy, right? That, that's just a truth. Um, but when I really look at this and I say, I'm, I'm sort of have to be picky and say, what am I most worried about and what am I going to care about? And where am I even going to make an argument why we have to pay attention to this, even when it does feel uncomfortable because we know as an adult, we're not making good choices. 
is when I look at our kids, if you look at the statistics on our children, um, you know, we were, when I was a little girl, if it, it was one or 2% of children that were deemed obese or pre-diabetic, I mean, it was tiny, um, coming out of COVID it's over 20%. And, and those Insane. numbers, when I look at that over a few decades, that's a scary change. Then you kind of zoom out and you look at the world. And we as Americans, I think we're good about talking about <laughs> our good things and our bad things. We're yeah. probably even better than the world at pointing out all our flaws. So we've been talking about this conversation, even if we're not yet figuring out how to tackle sure. it. But this is not just a U.S. problem. If you zoom out to the world, India is the largest population in the world now, and it's every bit as big a penetration of their. Wow. And they're, a, they're largely a vegetarian. Vegetarian. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right. So it's, it, it covers a lot of categories. You look at a Latin America, lar- almost exact numbers to the U.S., um, Southern Asia, lots of the same statistics. And I always feel like I give this example, which feels like I'm beating up on Japan, but I love Japan. <laughs> I love my Japanese friends, but I always think of it as a culture that's kind of got a healthy diet, right? Yeah. We often hear about the people that live the longest, the great basic diet. And even in that market, they are into double digits on that. Wow. So when I just look at the change, it's really kind of a collision of our modern food solutions mm-hmm. with our body's realities. And we have to course correct because our bodies are our bodies, yeah. right? Like yep. that's what how we're designed to be. So what we can do is we can change the controls of what we know about food supply. And what I'm particularly excited about with what we're doing with Ubli is it's kind of the best, I like to call it the perfect marriage of nature and technology mm. because we're not introducing something new to the world or the body that didn't come out of nature. Which These are so plant-based cool. yeah, and they evolve. They evolved along with us. But if we left them to just be an agricultural crop, we'd take more rainforests and really precious ecosystems. Bad, bad idea for the, the body of our planet, right? Yeah. And if we did that, we'd also make them only available for the wealthy. So- what fermentation does, which takes the best of biotechnology and all the innovation that's happening, is can take this DNA and then create a broth with cells that teach it how to produce it. And then at the end, we separate the broth from the thing that's still just exactly DNA, what you would have found in nature. And that's the way we're going to be able to make it mass accessible. Mm-hmm. Now, I say this with a caveat to you, because today I have 3 and $4 sweet teas on the market, which is not Walmart price friendly, right? No. But I want to remind everybody, I can't come out with our first product to start educating people about sweet proteins at our scale and online um, with what will be ultimately mass accessible. But the reason we're doing fermentation is because someday we absolutely know that the only way to create not just our own products, but allow access for every company to rehabilitate their products will be to be at prices they can afford, which will be to be competitive with sugar. And that's what we're investing in our platform. So someday... I grew up in a small town in Montana. My partner, our founder, grew up in Alabama. When we think about winning, we don't think about just winning in the Bay Area or in the Hamptons or in LA. I want to win in Alabama and I want to win in Montana. And that means I'm going to have mass accessible pricing as we get there. Yep. Oh, no. And I think that that's so great. And I'm so happy that you're looking at the next generation because I think that that's what I'm obviously so passionate about now is making sure that it's not about like, oh my God, my daughter can't eat this and she can't eat that. It's it's about making the right choices and having her want to have those choices that she likes that, you know? And and right. 
look, don't get me wrong. Does she have an ice cream? You know what I mean? Has she had that? Yes. You know, and it's okay, but it's all in moderation. Um, And I think that there are so many parents out there with the rise of pricing for everything. It's so expensive. And sometimes it's just easier to go to Costco and get something in bulk or in Walmart and get something in bulk and just call it a day. And so what you're doing is you're, you're creating an example of how companies all around the world should be changing and, and creating this, this idea for, for everyone. I, I just absolutely love The good love news this. I can tell you, there's no large consumer products company in the world that isn't talking to us yeah. and isn't really excited about what this is. So I do believe that partnership and pathway will happen and is happening where it's think about it's been eight years of R&D to actually figure out how to produce these in a way that we can keep it nature identical and make sure that it is we have hundreds of years of medical research behind how proteins are in our body so we can feel good that this is a solution that is sort of getting sweets right for the first time yes right and that's our passion and that's what we're doing but they're all excited and I I do take some comfort as much as I get anxious like anybody to sort of fix the world, right? To sort of have it be better. Um, I I think there's the right attention and people are really understanding that, you know, at the at the end of the day, if you I won't pick on any particular coffee company, but if you look at an average coffee drink going out of a a a quick blended sort of are they a coffee or a, a or a smoothie, I'm not sure. But they're on average two to three times your daily added sugar. And so when you start to peel back this layer and say, the amount that we're supposed to get and the amount that's in kind of our regular habits of consumption, if we don't rehabilitate our habits, which are hard, like we are all creatures of habit, we have to rehabilitate the way we sweeten because that amount of any sugar or sugar alternative, which is hit your blood sugar system, even though plant-based versus artificial, they're all on a spectrum of doing this. Some are better than worse, but they're all interacting with your blood sugar system and therefore your metabolic system. Um, and that right now, our, our statistics would tell us we're out of whack. Wow. We're just out of whack. That's so what is line. something that you would tell, you know, someone who's listening right now, what they could do, maybe one thing to change kind of that, when, you know, with, with the sugar hitting them all at once, maybe something that they could do that you recommend or that you do? So the World Health Organization came out with an article just about two or three weeks ago. I posted on it. I'll forward it to you oh, after yeah. this. Um, and it was a lot about looking, if you've heard, there's been a lot of news. And I, I don't come here to demonize any sugar alternative no. like, or sugar, right? I actually think sugar is a really important crop. It's just not designed to be in reckless abundance sure. in a diet, right? Sure. So it's all of these are really important. And I'm actually really glad all these small molecules, sugar alternative people are working on ideas. I just am challenged by the fact that if we only work on them on small molecules, we're not really getting out of the problem. And right. and we need to get a, a different macronutrient solving the problem, which is I think the hope for anybody on sweet yeah. proteins. But the WHO came out a couple a few weeks ago and basically said, we've looked at erythritol, we've looked at stevia, which is often used with erythritol, we've looked at um, sucralose, which we now know as a genotoxin, and there's a lot of debates about all this research. But what we know collectively is they are triggering our blood sugar system and they are affecting our gut microbiome. And they may be doing a lot more than that. And depending on who you ask and which study you read, there's a lot of complication because they're not giving us a solution. Now, I would argue none of them are also as great tasting as the sweet protein, which is frankly 
evolved to trick you to think it's a sugar. Right. So it's really a good trickster. Um, but what the who said, which I think I generally agree with, is absent more choices available from us, which they're coming, I promise. Sign up at oobly.com and be in the know for where we're going to start to show up in other people's products and our own products and where you can get them. It's still probably best to just have sugar in what you're getting and just have less of it. I so agree. So all of those alternatives, it's just moderation and less. Go with the original, keep it natural, and have less. That is still yes. my biggest recommendation. I, I there is nothing I'm that's right a there with complete you. off limits, right? Yeah. There's nothing that's a complete off limits unless you have an allergy, right? Sure, um, sure. But I just remember my mom. You know, I I think it was. I'm trying to think if it was stevia or what it was. I'm, I'm 36 right now, so I'm trying to think what it was when I was younger. But there was a sugar alternative that everyone was like, oh, my gosh, you know, we're going to use this instead. It was something, I think it was liquid, too. Maybe it was stevia. I don't oh, know. Oh, Lestra, I bet. I, it was something. And my mom was like, absolutely not. Do not put that in your drink. Do not do this. Like, absolutely not. Like, I just remember my mom was so, she was like, I would much rather you have plain raw sugar than that. And I was like, okay. You know, I thought I was like being cool. You know, I was like, no, you know, this is good for me. It's fake sugar. And she's like, no, I'd rather the real thing. But it's true because, and and diet Cokes and stuff like, I mean, I'm not like, everyone can have what they want, but all that, that stuff, the fake, it's just like, uh, just have the real thing and just call it a day. I'm with you. And no. you, listen, you focus so much on mental health and you know how connected that is to body and diet. Yeah. And it's the same principles of balance, right? Yes. It's the same principles of balance and moderation. So I don't think there's a single silver bullet. I do think that a game-changing solution for a better way to do sweets will be proteins. Yeah. And that's what we're working on. So there's going to be other companies that you're working with as well where Oobly <laughs> is going to be involved in. That's right. We have our teas out now and our chocolates. And we are in discussions with a handful of companies. I'm just cool. it's too early for me to tell yeah, you yeah, no, no, yet no. because- it's all about but that's um, cool that allowing them to be first. That you're collaborating. I think that that's what's really For cool sure. because it's just showing like, hey, this is not just a product that you're selling. It's like, no, 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 this is an idea. This is something that we are going forward with. Like this is trying to make actual change. It's not just fluff, um, if you will, you know? I mean, it's Listen, something real. My founder and I, he's an amazing um, CTO and he's the scientist that gets the credit for the platform. We both say we wake up each day to think about 10 years out and bending the global health curve. We think an important way to do that is having products and a brand so we can introduce sure. and educate and help people understand the wayfinding of what a sweet protein is versus a sugar or sugar alternative because people didn't know proteins could do this. No. And not everybody's going to understand the scientific reasons as to why, where they've maybe lost trust in all the things they've been marketed as an alternative, right. they could get comfortable and trust protein. So we right. know we have to invest in education and trust, which is why conversations like this are so valuable and so important to us. Um, but long-term, if we're going to really help at a mass level with global yeah. health change, we're never going to be bigger than every consumer products company combined. No. Um, so it's really that we want to make this pathway available and start to actually allow people to take their favorite product yeah. and have their favorite product re rehabilitated. Oh, I love that. And Allie, can you share with me, you know, where's the importance of mental health for you? Where did you get such passion for, for being a voice for the voiceless, if you will? I love that you asked that. I don't get asked that much right now because it's food, food, food. And I was like, you almost can't separate food and mental health. You They're can't. so it's intertwined. It's one and the same. That's why I, 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 
it's so important. It's it's food is it's 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 medicine for your body. So I I and for Absolutely. your mind. So I want to absolutely what we're here for. The short version I would say is so I had I had amazing parents. Um, my mom's still here, but my dad's gone, and um, I I give them this credit because they didn't come. They came from farming families. We had very simple pr- principles of farm to table before anybody knew what it was. Yeah. And if it didn't take time to eat, make, prepare, it's probably not good for you and things in moderation. Um, but they also had this sort of big idea about the world and community. And so I am one of 10 kids. I have six adoptive wow. brothers and sisters. They come from five different ethnic backgrounds and five different life circumstances. And biological or adopted were all very, very different. Sure. And so I've grown up with a community, my own little community, yeah. and they've all gone on and had kids. So I think my son, I only have one son and he probably, I think he has 25 or 26 nieces or Whoa! cousins. Um, so it's a big crew. Um, and we're all every combination. And I've had all my siblings have different journeys of yeah. mental and physical health. And so I grew up with parents that said, it's about creating an environment for thriving. Mm-hmm. And you recognize all the p- components of that. It's family and safety. It's access to education. It's health and well-being, which is nutrition and mental health. And some of my siblings have gone through very complicated things that made me aware and sensitive. And I'd like to think um, a partner in it at a yeah. young age. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure that's influenced largely both the farming, both my community sure. and sort of the mental health why I've been drawn to healthy living reasons for being. Um, But in the last 10 years of my career, I've kind of limited it only really to working on what I kind of consider as food as medicine. Mm -hmm. And food as medicine has a mental component to it as well as a physical. And that's part of the reason why I continue to be an advisor for Learn to Live, um, which is a really cool cognitive behavioral therapy um, tool that is really trying to get at this idea that Part of our biggest problem with mental health is how many people don't seek help for mental health. (laughs) And they're trying to get at that by making it available on your terms on digital platforms that allows you a way to then get to a person. But we don't have enough service providers. We still have stigma. It's still cost prohibitive. We don't have enough of democratization of it. And so we're working on that. And I would say it's the same principles of I'd like to think my career, which is how do you build things that people need? that help them live better, that you ultimately can make accessible. Yeah. And, and that's what we're doing on the mental health side. But that's kind of where my passion came from. And I, I always say people are always amazed at, at what my parents did. And I, I am too, yeah. but it's their, it was their journey and I was lucky to be a part of it, but it, it made an imprint of who I am. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And like we said at the beginning, it, everything's kind of led to this. That's why there needs absolutely. to be more people from all different types of walks of life different experiences and in different fields of work, you know, that are sharing mental Absolutely. health and the, the mind and body and gut connection that it's so important. So I thank you it's so much so, for your work. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that you said that. It's funny when the, um, we first got connected and I started listening and I, yeah. by the way, I love your podcast. It was fun <laughs> to listen to. And I got, I'm glad I got introduced to it. Um, and I feel like I should connect you to learn to live because they should actually, you guys should do something. Yeah. They're doing some really great things, especially for, for teens, um, where we just have a big, big, um, unserved population or underserved, I should say. Um, but the group that first contacted me said, but you're very food and food is medicine. Are you sure you'd want to do mental? I'm like, it's all connected. (laughs) I I know it's all the, it's all connected and people don't health. (laughs) Yeah. It's health and people don't understand that. And I think that, you know, it's a disservice by not, you know, 
understanding that that there's that connection, you know, because I mean, 100%. for me, it would be like, why, you know, people probably wonder why I've been so big on gut health recently, but it's because of what I went through. You know, I, I didn't have a doula, but I, I, I did hypnobirthing and I had someone that kind of helped me out afterwards with postpartum. Um, and I went through a lot of anxiety and stress afterwards and mood swings and, you know, the importance of certain meals, um, warm, warm soups and warm meals really were so healing to my uterus, to my womb, to my system, to my mind. Like, you know, people don't understand how important certain foods are like, in certain sure. stages of your life. So I'm so happy that you came on. Allie, I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone. What okay. is your emotional support? Does my very, very sweet 12-year-old Charlie Brown dog, eight-pound dog count? He's oh. part of the pack, I think. So, um, But I, I would jokingly say, I have an amazing husband and, um, and I have a close family. We're a motley crew. We have different relationships, but we have this sense of commitment to community. And um, I have been, I've had the luxury, maybe that's even why somebody like me can move through a kid from Montana, do all the degrees I've got, move through five industries, run biotech now. Yeah. It's because I've had this really strong community that is yeah. very personal, that really is the center of who I am. And that's never really changed. So it's always been the foundation that's allowed me to be, I'd like to think kind of like a modern day explorer of how do we, how do we unearth better solutions in this world of all this capability um, and sort of not settle for the everyday, but keep pushing the frontiers. Um, and I don't think I'd, I'd been able to do that without that, but it's, it's a composite. I have a great family foundation. I have an incredible husband who the, by definition has been in service of that journey at times as yeah. my partner. Um, and of course I now have a I'm lucky to have an almost adult son and, and, and Charlie Brown, who's, who's quick to be on the lap and make everybody feel good. Oh so that's sort gosh. of, I would say, my core crew. Well, you know, I got the dogs up here and, and this one, Pee Peewee recently passed, but he was my oh. emotional support for, for my 15 and a half years. I couldn't do it without him. So, you know, I the, Charlie Brown, I totally get it. I'm right there with you. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> Allie, I'm going to have all the lists of how everyone can find Oobly, and I'm so excited. Thank so you. go to the show notes. And thank you so much. <laughs>